Happy Easter all. We've decided to whip out a quick middle episode, a filler episode, because I can't count. Um, <laughs> I initially thought we had 99 episodes on the go. Turns out I was wrong. <laughs> it's not really technical, more mental. Uh, and we actually were sitting on a tidy 98. So while we prep for the big 100, we've decided to fill that gap. Now, Jared's really to blame for this because in our Tango and Cash episode, he mentioned that a certain song would be on the uh, Thrill Me podcast soundtrack. And a light bulb went off. Yeah, it wasn't my light bulb. No. <laughs> Mine was a throwaway comment. I'm not taking the blame. Although we did blame Gibbo for a throwaway comment, so I guess I'm going to yeah, take, you it on the take that on the chin. So, what we're going to do as our filler episode is the Thrill Me podcast mixtape, volume one. Hmm. Now, we've got 10 songs here, A-side and a B-side. Our A-side's horror songs and our B-side's action film songs. And we're just going to talk through a couple of these, our favourite pieces of lyrics, a little bit of a description of the film clip and, and where the movie came from, and the song came from, what movie, all that type of stuff, the basics. So we're just going to run through a few of these. So this is our first little compilation tape. Gibbo has... Respectfully said he wasn't interested. <laughs> uh, he's out of town. I believe he's out of town for some Easter Easter fun. Festivities. So let's just dive straight into it, Jared. Mm. The A side. It's our horror side. The first song is a is a, a song that's sort of grown on you recently, I believe. Oh look, it's probably a favourite of mine, <laughs> you could say. Uh, it's Pet Cemetery by the Ramones. Yeah. From the movie Pet Cemetery, mm. and initially I gave this song an absolute kicking. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it, I think it came up on the credits one time when I watched it. And I thought, "What is this?" <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't the only one. I believe it got nominated for a Razzie. Did it? Oh it shit! Did. I think it got nominated for the worst original song. But I've come around. What I, made you come around to it though? Is it just more oh, catchy? Is it? You know what? Even when I was sort of bagging it, I couldn't get, get that kind of. I don't want to be booed. I could get that out of my head. Um, and then I believe it was the Faculty of Horror did an episode on Pet Cemetery, and they chucked it on the end. So I listened to the whole thing, and then I quickly rewound and listened to it again. And it's grown on me, mate. I yeah. quite like it now. Look, what I like about it, and this, you know, my personally favorite favorite um, section of the lyrics is. It says, follow Victor to the sacred place. This ain't a dream. I can't escape. And what I really like about this song is it actually does tie to the film, the mm. plot, the what what's going on. Yep. It's it's not sort of shying away. And, and obviously I mentioned Victor, who is one of the actual characters, the runner who gets run over. Yep. So I like the fact that it's actually tied back to it. It's probably one of the only songs on this this list yeah. that does do that. Yeah, it definitely all fits in. It's like part of the yeah part of the movie. Almost. Well, it kind of almost is an it's it's a major addition. Like if you didn't like you have that on the end credits. Yeah, it just sort of once again sort of reiterates what the plot was about and what it was like and yeah. and all that sort of stuff. So I did like that. Um, do you have specific lyrics that you? My favourite line is just simply that don't want to live my life again. Because yeah, basically like that. that's the that's kind of in a way that's kind of what. Um, it's the central the big film, the, the neighbours kind of 
yeah. telling people about it, you know, to, to come to terms with death and all that sort of stuff. So it's sort of, it echoes that a little bit. The sometimes dead is better. Yeah, yeah. Comment, yeah. Um, so it's kind of, yeah, it's, it, as you said, it all ties into the movie nicely and... Yeah. Now, the film clip, Jared. Interesting. Look, <laughs> this is what I love about this is it was, a lot of these are in the 80s. So yeah. film clips, yeah, it was, the, it was the dawn of the MTV generation. So some of this stuff is, how do I say it, not polished. This well, one looked like a piss-up with a camera. Yeah, basically. Around. <laughs> it's, it just seemed like, like it's all set in a graveyard. Um, yeah. They're kind of being buried at the end, yeah. and it's their sort of funeral, I think, is the whole yeah, yeah. Um, idea behind it. But it's pretty, how do I say this? It's probably not greatly professional. No, no, it's pretty pretty cheaply done, just cut in with a few scenes from the movie and whatnot. Yeah, and then obviously they're just there playing their instruments there, and yes. so it's all pretty sort of standard stuff. But it's 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 actually one of my favourite songs on this list, personally. Really? Yeah, I prefer it to. I a, thought I was. I thought I was on an island. No, no, I prefer <laughs> it to some of the others. Obviously, there's a few cheesy, bit of cheesy goodness coming up that I, I really enjoy. Well, but cheesy. Look, the next one from me, the next one on our list, second song, Side A, is... Oh, you didn't ask my favourite bit of the film clip. Oh, what is your favourite bit oh, of the I film? I liked when they sort of turned it into porkies for a minute. Where <laughs> so they, they open uh, the coffin, and it, it seems to be a couple that were getting... Oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> it's like a Betty Hill. Someone accidentally yeah, walked yeah. onto a Betty Hill. I exactly. I, could, I couldn't help, you know, we had to sneak that in there somewhere. Had to get a laugh on that front. Yes. The number t- uh, Song two on Side A. Dream Warriors mm. by Dokken. Yes. A 80s hair metal mob. <laughs> mm. um, it's from the film A Nightmare on Elm Street 3, Dream Warriors. Yeah. Look, this one's not exactly high class in the lyrics department, <laughs> if I'm honest. It's all right. It's all right. It's, it's an all right a- song because, it's again, it sort of fits like that opening kind of... The yeah. opening kind of guitar work sounds like what you kind of expected from an Elm Street movie. Uh, and this was, the, this was the period where Elm Street sort of moved from... Scary to, well, to that sort of Freddie was shilling everything. Yeah, he, yeah. Was, he was basically a cottage industry. Yeah, look. This is the one that, that turned it around, turned it all yeah, in Yeah, this is where it turned. It's kind of, it's pro, it's actually my favourite of the series. And it was the only one where Freddie started dropping the lines, but he was still Still menacing scary, and a menacing. little bit scary. But you're exactly right. This is where it turned into. It was kind of Freddy twisting was, towards that. Yeah, Freddie was the kind of. The star popping up on MTV and yeah, things yeah. like that. I do you believe he was doing some VJing one night? <laughs> he was during yeah. Nightmare on Elm Street 3's promo and yeah, all that yeah. sort of stuff. Look, some of the lyrics. Uh, Your favourites? Look, my pen. <laughs> it says, I feel the touch coming over me. Uh, I can't explain. I hear the voices calling out, calling my name. Again, as I said, it's not exactly Shakespeare. Yeah. But. It's yeah. It kind of again catches some of that, I guess, horrific elements of of Freddy and the dreams and things like that. Yeah. The film clip. You seem to be a little higher on than me. Yeah, I'm a big fan of it. <laughs> <laughs> 
Look, there was mullets a go-go. Oh, mullets everywhere. There was mullets everywhere. There was tight jeans or and or leather. Yes. Uh, it was classic, yeah. um, I guess, cock rock. Mm. But my, uh, my favourite line, incidentally, was... And it wasn't even because of the lyrics. It was because I'm standing in the night alone because every time that was said, you knew coming up afterwards, forever! <laughs> <laughs> Just launching right into it. That was, that was my favourite. <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> the film clip for me, it, it kind of, the whole film clip is sort of set up with them being in Freddie's boiler room or, or mm. his house. Patricia Arquette and Robert Englund seem to be actually in it. There are sections of the film, but then yeah. they are also in it. Was she? I think she was. There's a couple yeah. of times she. There's one particular was, sequence where he comes out of the wall and grabs yeah, the guitarist, yeah, yeah. and was, she's in that. There was a couple of parts where it was definitely her from the movies. Yeah, and I think you're right. They definitely they definitely put Freddie in there a couple of times, and I think they snuck in, her in for yeah, very briefly. What I loved about it is it ends with Freddie waking up <laughs> to a nightmare, and I'm thinking. 80s cock rock makes Freddy Krueger have nightmares. Oh, mate, you saw the mullets in the ghetto. <laughs> oh, my God. Too. That, I was, that, that was precisely why I liked it. Yeah. I thought this one was the one that did the best job. And when we get down to the action side, there's there's the flip side of this. <laughs> but this did a great job of taking the movie and putting them in it. Yeah, kind of. Because there was a couple of film clips that tried to do that, but... They failed pretty badly. This one did some really cool things. Like when they had, at the start, they had that scene of her putting that house, putting the house together. Yeah, and they put they um, put the cutouts of... Yeah, of docking on it. Yeah, which is, I mean, shit. In the 80s, people actually did that. <laughs> <laughs> they just didn't make houses out of it. They I know what I always do is stitch um, patches to my <laughs> denim jacket. <laughs> But no, even when it's you know, when she starts dreaming and they splice them in, it's the only one that kinda does it, I wouldn't say seamlessly, but it actually looks like oh shit, she's looking down this hallway. Yeah. Uh, yeah. They've actually got the lighting right, they've got the look yeah. of it right. The the bit where the Freddy worm comes in yeah. and then they change it to the, the guitarist busting out the solo when yeah. he busts out of the wall. That stuff works. It's yeah. good. Just as an aside, I went to a I went to a disco and double denim one year, and I had patches. With patches, yeah, you oh, idiot! <laughs> what sort of patches do you have? You uh, had an Akadaka one. I had an ACDC one. I think I had a Bon Jovi one. <laughs> I digress. Let's not talk about that anymore. You fool! <laughs> <laughs> All right, okay. Well, I had so, a rat's tail. I never wore, I never wore double denim. Don't call me a fool, then, mate. Um, uh, song three on side A is Man Behind the Mask, Alice Cooper. Yes. From Friday the 13th, part 6, Jason Lives. Mm. Obviously, we know Alice from such such gems as uh, Bed of Nails and Poison, things like that. Yep. From my perspective, lyrically, <laughs> again, I think this is a bit of a bottom feeder in the lyric yeah, department. Um, 
Alice was asked to do this and said, piss off. Then he saw the paycheck and thought, oh, I could probably spend, oh, I could probably I could probably spend 10 minutes on it. Um, including such crap as, <laughs> but you're still on the make. <laughs> That's a bad mistake. No, no, no. <laughs> my, my, uh, my absolute best line is, you're deep in love, but you're deeper in the woods. <laughs> Classic stuff. <laughs> and the other part is because we know this song was about Jason, yeah. there's that part where he starts just going, he's a dangerous, dangerous man. Like, <laughs> yeah, we figured that. <laughs> I do like the fact that it, they do incorporate the... Um, yeah, that was, that was probably the, the actual best song. Thing, yeah. I thought it was quite good. The film clip, it's, it's kind of on stage band work, although... Alice Cooper, he's got a throne at one point, mm. and he is wearing as... It was a codpiece. Cod I'm pretty sure it was a codpiece. A red codpiece. He borrowed it from a bloke from Cameo, I <laughs> think. He's got a red codpiece on and chaps. <laughs> and I'm, I'm, I'm beating myself up about going in double minutes. <laughs> yeah. I think I'm safe. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, look, 30 <laughs> seconds, okay now. they have that sort of little bit at the start to introduce it, how the kids go into the movies, and then we get into the music, and it's like the, as you said, the kick, 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 with a bit of the music, and we see Alice's leg tapping, and it kind of pans, pans up, up to, to his codpiece. <laughs> like, well, it's sign on, so you only get a glimpse of the codpiece. No, you get a, gl- a full-on glimpse at the end, as he's, yeah, yeah. he's gyrating with these chicks all around him. <laughs> <laughs> uh, look, uh, the film clip is just... Again, this was right in that the meat of MTV, and I mean, I guess Alice Cooper probably it probably worked for his his you know his whole um, did it. I don't know. <laughs> but what I mean is, you know, that was his persona. Yeah, yeah. The, the horror guy, and yeah. so it, re- it probably really worked for him in that yes. respect. Yeah, my other favourite part of the film clip was when um, the start of the movie, the start of the sort of film clip where he's coming out of the movie screen. The kids are watching the movies, and yeah. then it's you know coming to life or whatever. And um, Alice races up to their seats and he's singing just to them. And he sings the, and he's out of control. And then he smashes a bottle on his head just to kind of show yeah. that he's out of control. And guess what? I'm out of control. <laughs> yeah. yeah, right, yeah. I like it. Nice touch. Look, look, lovely touch from Alice. Look, a, a consummate professional, mate. Yes. Yeah. He knew cod pieces and breaking, breaking bottles over my head works every time. Okay. Song four. Mm. Prom Night. By Paul Zaza. Still kind of baffled why this is on here. From the movie Prom Night. I'll tell you why it's on here in a minute. Yeah. This doesn't really have a film clip. No. It's actually just a sequence because I kid you not, this entire song is in the movie. Yeah. And it involves a disco dancing scene. Mm. Now... Best scene of the movie. I believe when we did our prom night episode, we put the opening minute of it at the start of the the episode. Mm. So that'll give you an understanding of what what it's like. But it doesn't really have a lot of lyrics. No. So the only thing I really took from it was, prom night, (laughs) everything's all right. Yeah, yeah. Prom night. Which no is, more feeling uptight. Yeah, which is, I mean, it's just it's, repeated ad nauseum throughout. It's, um, it's uh, really sort of rhyming one hundred and one, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> 
But yeah, my uh, the only you, you're right. The only other lines I could pick out were ooh ooh ah ah or something like that. <laughs> uh, the 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 actual clip though, you have to watch it. It's it's it is three and a half minutes of pure magic because mm. it's Jamie Lee Curtis and her prom date dancing in a with a circle of people around now. She seems to have some abilities as a dancer. Hmm. He, on the other hand, has none. (laughs) (laughs) He is floundering, mate. He has no idea what he's doing. Just there. (laughs) There are a couple of times where she she does a move, like she does a kick or throws an arm up, and he sees it, but he's about ten seconds too late. So she'll do it, and then he'll go. Oh, <laughs> uh, it is worth a look because also a lot of the crowd. There's a lot of crowd shots. Oh, a lot of the crowd. And they look like they couldn't give a shit. Oh, there's a couple of people that are right into it. <laughs> yeah, my favourite part of the clip was uh, early on where they start sort of doing a shoulder shimmy back and forth to each other, <laughs> and in the middle of it, they they sort of linger on his face. <laughs> And I think the look on his face makes it clear that he's just, he's saying, I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. I'm drowning. So they cut away to a couple of the other people that were sort of in in the film. And one of the blokes is kind of just leery. And he's, presumably his prom date, I can't remember because we haven't watched the movie for a while. I couldn't exactly remember. But it looks like his prom date just kind of turns and looks at him for a second while he's leering and then looks back and then... We're back to the shimmying. <laughs> what I also love is we get the whole, um, they're holding hands and we get almost like the, you know, the camera directly looking at her as they go around in circles yeah. and then it cuts to him. And I love that shit, mate. That's, that's, <laughs> that is magic. The last one on the horror side, song five, Don't Fear the Reaper. Caesars don't fear the By the mm. Blue Oyster Cult. Now, this has actually been in quite a few horror films, yeah. if I'm not mistaken. Notably, Notably Halloween. Halloween. Scream. Scream. Um, it was a cover in Scream, I believe, yes. wasn't it? It was this kind of a uh, slower cover. Slow down strip. That's really good, actually. Yeah. Really good cover. It's in both Halloweens, actually. It is in the remake as well. Oh, I choose to um, not <laughs> acknowledge that one. <laughs> from a lyrical perspective, I, I just like the, the chorus. Yeah. I just think that that's... Because like, if you actually look at it, when, when I brought up the lyrics, there's not a lot to it. There's actually yeah. not a lot of lyrics to it. No, there's not. A it's very it's much the chorus and repeated, and but that stuff is good. You know, don't fear the reaper, take my hand, don't fear the reaper, we'll be able to fly. Yeah, you yeah. Know, that stuff's good. And I think this is probably the the most well-respected song on this list, you know. Yeah. It's, it's, a, it's a song that... Everybody knows. Yeah, and that riff, everyone knows that. And it's very synonymous with horror films. Which I don't believe it's actually. I think the 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 writer basically said it's about eternal love or something like yeah, that. Yeah, he basically said it's about let's get it on because we're all going to die. Someday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it's not really horror related. Yeah, yeah. it's it. Well, it kind of it's it's the death angle, I suppose. Yeah. The but reaper, that, yeah, that, the idea that, of the yeah, reaper. the reaper and the riff. Like it, you can see why it's sort of um, fit in. But yeah, as you said, the the song is just about let's uh, like you said. 
we, we love each other and we're going to die someday. So Yeah, let's get it on. Um, it's sort of, uh, yeah, my favourite line was the whole thing about, it's kind of leading into the chorus, the bit that's talking about seasons don't fear the reaper, yeah. nor do the wind, the sun and the rain. We can be like they are. And yeah. then it leads into that stuff that you were talking about. It's all, as you said, it's all, a lot of it's repeated. But it works. It I think works. it works really well. As far as film clips are concerned, I managed to find something that was really just a concert video mm. interspliced with like electronic street signs on Times Square. Okay. Not really sure why. <laughs> not a lot of explanation for that, but no. it's really not a film clip. No. Because, I mean, this was in 72 or something, wasn't it? That for the Reaper, so it's a long, long time ago. Yep. All right. Let's stop the tape. This is our action side. Now, we're going to start with a ballad. Mm. We're going to open with a ballad. First song, side B. And let's, you know, let's be up front. This is all you. This is, this is... Look. Um, look, this is probably on your iPod. Don't it is. <laughs> <laughs> it is. It's How Do I Live by Trisha Yearwood mm. from Con Air. Yep. I've done a lot of reaching to this song <laughs> over the years. Um, one-handed reach, two-handed reach, push it away, all that yes, shit. Yes. I've done all that. Uh, lyrically... You can't go past the, uh, once again, the chorus. How do mm. I live without you? I, I want to know. How do I breathe without you? If you ever go. Like, <laughs> think about that. I'm getting I'm tearing up as we speak. Sounds like a bloody college poetry <laughs> slam. <laughs> <laughs> you really get into it. Throw a hacky sack in there. We're right into it. Um, what about yourself lyrically? I mean, I know you love this song. You refuse to admit it. Oh, but... look, no, I'm not going to lie. I did, I did enjoy this. At, uh, you know, once upon a time. It's but, currently probably on look, your on your Apple Music. Oh, or yeah. Well, you can sort of just delete it there. And nobody <laughs> will notice. After I had trouble picking a line this time because when I looked at the lyrics, it was kind of just ten different ways to say. Don't go. Cause, how, do I live? Oh, how do I live? <laughs> I don't know how I'm going to live. You could hope without you, there'd be no love in my yeah, life. Yeah, true. Then we move into, if you ever leave, you'll take everything good. Then we move into, how do I live without you? <laughs> <laughs> kind of just... and, and, and the fact that that's all sort of being aimed at Nicolas Cage, <laughs> it's a tough sell. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, Nicholas is kind of saying, don't, don't worry, because I've got all these movies about the afterlife from Christianity now, so... You'll be living with me forever. <laughs> Don't worry, I've got plenty on DVD coming your way. Um, the film clip, it's it's real bog st- standard stuff. It's bog just standard. basically scenes from the film with her on stage, so it's really nothing special. My favourite moment, though, was sort of towards the middle. As we know in the movie, Cage goes to prison. Yeah. And sort of in the film clip we get a shot of Trisha Yearwood with hair glistening. And then we catch Monica Cage. Potter with hair glistening, and then we get Cage with hair glistening <laughs> once he's in prison. And yeah. From you know the midpoint on, all it is is just long hair flicking around. Yeah, yeah, there's wind machines on everybody. <laughs> Song two mm. on the B side. I think this is going to come in for a few minutes of real sort of interest. <laughs> it's from Top Gun. It's by Kenny Loggins, but it's not Danger Zone. No, it's playing with the boys.
everyone would remember that from the volleyball sequence in the film. Now, Kenny, lyrically, (laughs) I'm not quite sure I fully understand the lyrics here, but he say, play, play with the boys, staying, play with the boys. After chasing sunsets, now you've got a little bit of a, <laughs> you've got a sort of a, a theory about the sunsets. Yeah, yeah. One of life's simple joys is the boys. Yeah. As I've said to you, I thought perhaps it was coded messaging and that sunsets was backside. <laughs> <laughs> but I must admit, I thought it was, I'm out there chasing sunsets. Yeah. It's apparently it's after chasing sunsets. After sunset. chasing sunsets. Yeah, yeah. So I could be wrong. There could be it some could just look, be innocent. Look, the film sort of when it where it's played in the film sort of has this homoerotic sort of yeah, element. Which makes it you know, he's chasing sunsets, playing with the boys. <laughs> and he told like that later on in Top Gun they're talking about riding each other's tails and things yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's all there. Yeah. But the funny thing about this whole thing is Look, Kenny. I, I I don't care, mate. If if you're homosexual, it doesn't bother me. Just yeah. be, be up front. Yeah. But the problem is, in the film, as I said, it's got that homoerotic subtext because yeah. it's played over these guys, these shirtless guys playing a game of volleyball. Yes. But the funny thing is that the film clip's total opposite. Exactly. Total opposite. It's Battle of the Sexes. Yeah, it's <laughs> it's a female um, team of volleyball players against a male team of volleyball players and some yeah, deal look, on the sideline. You call Kenny Long. Confuse it as Kenny. Just be up front with it. And Kenny. Come out with it. In a word, this film clip is embarrassing. <laughs> <laughs> Somewhat. Kenny is jumping around, dancing around like an absolute deal on the sideline. <laughs> yeah. Tight jeans and a leather jacket. Yeah, and then there's shots of, you know, they're playing the... They're, First they're they're stretching, to, I think, oh, the stretching, yeah, that was my favourite part, the stretching. Yeah, the, but then, you know, they're about to break into the chorus <laughs> and you're still on the volleyball game. And then Kenny jumps in front of us with the guitar. And I'm saying, I'm, he jumps. He comes from the side yeah, of the screen. He does leap into the screen. <laughs> and then he's playing with Several the Several times. And you know, the other funny thing is Kenny's got the trench coat on. So he looks like kind of the seedy bike there. That's just sort of... <laughs> <laughs> he looks mugging his way around the game. Yeah, and he's got he's got he's got the full beard. He's also got the kind of spiked. I don't know what they were called yeah, back in the it day. Wasn't but a mullet, it, but it wasn't it was a mullet, kind of but it was kind of like a spiking your your hair up as it was product. Yeah, there's plenty of product. Plenty of product in it. But yeah, it's an embarrassing situation for Kenny. <laughs> It is, and it's funny because Kenny's been in a couple. He's he has because I will like. also put all of these film clips will probably end up going on Facebook, about Facebook page. But I'm also going to throw in Danger Zone because, quite frankly, I think he walked from the set of this one and went straight onto Danger Zone <laughs> because he looks exactly the same. He's wearing the same sort of shit and he's lounging around on beds and stuff. It's not good. <laughs> okay. So we'll go, I'll put that out there too. Yep. Okay, song three. Mm. No easy way out from Rocky Four. A guy by the name of Robert Tepper. He also did another song for Stallone from Cobra called Angel of the City. That'll be on volume two, I'm sure. Is that, if I'm not mistaken, that's that one with the ridiculous... Uh, well, yeah, where he's going the, around um, yeah, wrestling homeless people. Yeah, there are homeless people and then there's robots somewhere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where, um, Bridget Nielsen. Oh, no, I think that might be the other one. 
Feel the Heat. Oh, okay. There's another one. That'll also be in volume two. Yeah, right. The lyrics for this, they're just so earnest. There's a real sort of... He's right behind the lyrics. Everything about Kepa. it is earnest. <laughs> um, yeah, I got my personal favourite is um, some things are worth fighting for, some feelings never die. I'm not asking for another chance. I just want to know why. I've got some questions for you too, Robert. <laughs> a couple of queries. A couple of queries about this <laughs> film clip, just to be honest. Yeah, but mine was um, I felt he came out with, you know, he came out. <laughs> Swinging, it was. He's, he's immediately immediately it. earnest, immediately <laughs> asking the tough questions. <laughs> he was asking, you know, opening line is, "We're not indestructible, baby. Better get that straight." <laughs> I think it's unbelievable how you give into the hands of fate. They're tough questions, well, but they're <laughs> not really. He's, that one's more just sort of a, a statement, and it's so. Um, it's uh, well, it's it very, packs such a punch. It does. It's a gut punch for me, but I. Still have questions to ask about the film clip. Now, it's set in kind of what would you call it? It's kind of like a industrial type of area, abandoned warehouse. Warehouse, yeah. Sort. Look, there's 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 um chain link fences and yep. things like that. Barrels, now, barrels. <laughs> there are barrels. They're not on fire, but their yeah. barrels are there. It's just waiting to be set. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, look, they're covered in uh, accelerant. <laughs> Robert Tepper proves that even in, back in the 80s you could be doing, because this would be considered a rock song, wouldn't it? Yeah. You could be a rock star in a good-fitting pair of chinos, <laughs> chino slacks, and a, a, a business shirt. Yeah, he's wearing the bloody clip-over um, to hold oh, his pants uh, He's wearing the <laughs> braces. braces or whatever you call it. <laughs> Is he? Yeah, I thought he was wearing so. a vest. Oh, maybe. I, I thought I saw braces in there. <laughs> Look, um, he's also wearing a large um, duster sort of jacket. Yeah, yeah. He's got, he borrowed Kenny Loggins' jacket. <laughs> <laughs> but he's dressed like Kenny G. He's got the, <laughs> he's got the long, greasy hair to go with it. You could, the, you could have been mistaken for thinking Kenny put his sacks down for a <laughs> to couple build of years. Out, build out a cut rate pop song. Yeah, it was his kind of... Um, Keith Gaines phase or whatever. Yeah, like. yeah, he's Chris Gaines Chris phase. Gaines um, just quietly though, the best thing about this entire film clip is Robert comes out and the the, the beat of the music starts up, mm. and in comes the synth immediately. Yeah, yeah. And Robert starts dancing. Now, Robert, you wouldn't call him bloody Barishnikov, no, <laughs> Jay. Hardly. The problem with him is he keeps putting his hands up above his head. Yeah, yeah. And then kind of... And kind of stretching yeah, and grimacing. And, and grimacing and stuff. He and sort of... I don't know if I'd say he's humping the air, but he kind of <laughs> looks... He looks like a cross between Peter Garrett from Midnight Oil and one of the Wiggles. <laughs> Look, I'm not going to lie. I think Robert was railroaded. I railroaded. think maybe they had a plan for the film clip and they were just telling him, it's just a couple of close-ups of you singing and then we'll cut it in with the film clip. Then, then when he got there... <laughs> It's a set, and he's thinking, what is this? And I said, well, <laughs> we're just going to have you dancing and gyrating. He's like, we've well, got a chain fence, I, if you could grab onto that yeah. a couple of times. I think Robert got railroaded. Yeah, look, Robert got screwed. I think your fight Stallone might have directed this clip. <laughs> But yeah, Greece is still out. If not him, he was fired for Kocholovsky. But <laughs> however you want to, stri- however you want to slice it. Well, was it Alan Smithovsky? <laughs> <laughs> I think he's. Tepper Tepper has walked in and someone said he'd meet your choreographer. Yeah. And he went, oh shit, hang on. There's, look, there's no um, 
It's hard to pick just one moment from this film. Here. A couple of my personal favourites were the... Um, there's a part where he drops the jacket and he's straining and grimacing as he throws the jacket off. Then there's the kind of playing hide and seek through the chain fence. And um, Another one of my favourites was when he runs past this barrel and, again, for no reason, he sort of just Kicks angrily swats away this, this rope netting. Yeah, yeah. It's just laying My personal favourite, though, is as it gets to that kind of that, it, it, it goes through the first maybe two minutes and then it goes to a slow section. Mm. And he kind of gets down uh, kind of on his haunches <laughs> and he's kind of... <laughs> punching, <Fist> pumping, <laughs> he's, he's fist pumping with his right fist, and the other one's up. He looks like bloody Brian Taylor ripping straight in with umpires <laughs> for Collingwood back in the 80s. Yeah, yeah. So, Tepper, I, 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 I implore everyone to watch that clip. <laughs> it is, it is it's a classic. genius. It's. Uh, I think it's got to get the stamp for most entertaining. It is the most entertaining, no doubt about it. And look, the song is not that bad. No, well. (laughs) (laughs) Look, I'm not going to lie. If I had come across this, as you said, where the movie was out and... You were um, a young 10 yeah, to 12-year-old. If this was on video hits, I'd have taped it. Yeah. I'd have worn the tape out. <laughs> okay, song four. We talked about it last episode. Mm. Best of what I've got. Yeah. Bad English. From Tango and Cash. Now, everyone knows bad English, or, well, everyone who's interested in 80s rock knows bad English from When I See You Smile. Do you remember that song? Yeah. Strangely enough, that was... I didn't know they had any others. That was... um, Yeah, that's right. When I came across this, I thought this... (laughs) Surely it must be the (laughs) B-side. But When I See You Smile, which was the number one hit, was actually written by Diane Warren. This was written by uh, Bad English. <laughs> yeah, she was bloody. She was cranking. Wakes yeah. up and yeah, pens a few. Wakes up and pens a number one hit. Because she wrote How Do I Live as well. Yeah. But best of all, I've got is written by Bad English. So mm. we're off to a poor start. Now I mentioned some uh, lyrics in the in the Tango and Cash episode. Yeah. Something about putting my key inside your door and it feels so good. So yeah, overtly sexual lyrics. Subtle again. But the subtlety was there. It's um, real kind of read between the lines stuff. <laughs> yeah, you, yeah, you need to really look the close. Very thin lines and very large text. <laughs> I found a, what I felt was a better piece of a bit of lyrics here. Yeah, I understand the reason for desire. The band I give you will be the ring of fire. Has <laughs> that, that got something to do with the band Curry or who I knows about chasing sunsets? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, mine wasn't. Yeah, these two should have collaborated. Long as the English. Mine wasn't quite so risque. I'm sort of more of a romantic type, so I, I sort of went with gonna work all day to buy you pretty things because you're such a pretty girl. Yeah. I mean, just as I said, tell us what you really think. As I said to you, the band name is sort of like a, a terms and conditions. So. <laughs> 
if you buy a ticket to a bad English concert, then complain about what you get, and it's like you're getting bad English. You read the terms and conditions, bad English. You've got it. <laughs> you got exactly what you paid for. The film clip is is probably the like Hang On Cash, undecipherable. Yeah, because well. it's a weird mixture of. Concert footage, which I assume is the only concert they that <laughs> had. Yeah, yeah. Well, I found it strange that there was people at the concert. <laughs> it keeps making out like it's a full house. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I highly doubt. They shot, you know, the lights at the back were very dim. Yeah, it was kind yeah. of just a front few. There's rows a few cardboard cutouts in there, yeah. but it's also mixed in with a model just sort of getting undressed in a room full of chairs and a bed, <laughs> but the band doesn't seem to actually be there. No. It's almost like they spliced in some stick films accidentally. Oh, look, they, I think they said, whoever was in charge of the film clip said, look, we got three and a half minutes of bad English. We need something else. We need something more. Oh, God. John Peters burst into the yeah. room. Sex sells, all right? You know what, though? What? Was everyone, like, laser-focused back in the day <laughs> who made these sort of clips? I think so. Because... <laughs> because a lot of it made no sense. Everyone mm. loved concert footage. Raw yeah. concert footage aficionados, I believe, back in that day. It was um, a fallback. It was a fallback, but the problem is it wasn't a fallback for most of these films. <laughs> well, for bad English, it was the meat and the of the film clip. <laughs> <laughs> it was the heights of their bloody fame. Yeah. It's it's a strange one. I, I um, enjoy the fact that she... Um, she had the same sort of jeans. She had the jeans from the same collection as you'd be purchasing clothes from that had patches on them. <laughs> <laughs> I think it might, must have been a bad English patch or two on there somewhere. Oh, shit, I wish I could Maybe find Maybe you that had a bad jacket. English patch. I, I wish I did. could find that jacket. I bet you did. <laughs> probably somewhere around the place. There's plenty of mullets, too. There's leather strides mm. and blazers. Did you notice there's quite a few blazers in there? These rock bands wearing sort of blazers, suit jackets for no reason, with yeah, leather strides. They just wanted to sort of sharpen their image a touch. No, the moment you've gone for leather pants, you don't. You should not wear it. Uh, leather pants and blazers, though, good combo. It's not a good combo. <laughs> and usually those hot, those sort of high heel boots. Yeah, you know, like um, so I've got cowboy or bikey boots. What <laughs> <laughs> the hell? Yeah, they were pretty snake skin boots. Oh, shit. To finish the, the tape off, mm. song five, Restless Heart by John Parr. Now, that was from The Running Man. No more lonely nights With a restless heart Roll the dice Make a brand new start When the world's in new gunshot He, John Parr's most well known for um, St Elmo's Fire. Yep. And I believe he actually had quite a career penning shit for 80s films mm. on soundtracks. He was like you the English be, Kenny Loggins. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, watching this film clip, listening to this, these lyrics, I would not have believed he got past this song. John comes in early with Shout It From The Highest Steeple. Oh, shit, Something about Something about Sing out to all the people Play it from the loudest speaker Burning like the highest fever Yep I think what we're trying to do Is sort of Ramp it up a little But I think that's a little bit limp 
Mm, yes. It's, there's a limpness to the, to the lyrics here. Yeah, yeah. my favourite line was, um, when the world got shattered, you and me were all that mattered. I mean, he's really, he's really stretching his, stretching his. Um, but what, what I love about that is, you know, just feel the the emotional connection between oh, them. I feel it. Um, the film clip is also Johnny Parr, kind of being included in the movie very badly. Yes, and this was the flip side to to the said, Dream Warriors one. one yeah. Did it really well. This one does it. Or like, why did they bother? Yeah, it's they really keep putting him up on the big screens. That, yeah, in the they put him in a cheap re- re- recreation of the control room, and then they at um, one point he's got sunglasses on. We, we see those uh, those lights or whatever. Yeah, oh, the really bad sort of special effects. Oh. The, there was the part where um, they've got the clip of Arnie running from that prison yeah, camp yeah. set up, and then they quickly put Johnny Parr running. In a leather it just jacket, looks and... ridiculous, and RoboCop's leg yeah. pieces. Are... <laughs> and um, he's also wearing some sort of jumpsuit covered in patches, patches getting back yeah, to the patches. Yeah, yeah. Obviously, I was not alone. No, you, were not. you were just following the trends at the time. Uh, well, I was. I you was just following the wrong lines. Oh, <laughs> oh yeah, look, I ran the wrong line. <laughs> <laughs> All right. the, my other favourite part is too. You also mentioned that um, you know John Parr's English in a film clip that's heavily sort of promoting a movie by an Austrian bloke with his USA flag guitar. And he also at one stage runs back and falls against the wall. There's a big US flag directly behind yeah. him. Um, my other favourite part of the film clip too, again, talking about poorly sort of mixing it in with the movie, is he, he leaps up and strums the chord on his oh, guitar. Yeah. Must have been a power chord because there's... Electric, electric sparks, sparks that come sparks out the end out. of the guitar, and then they're the sparks that zap Arnie and yeah, yeah, that's right. The movie, it's just yeah, it's it's how not to it's, it's how, how not, not to, to sort of put movie. this sort of stuff together. Um, and if I'm honest, just to sort of finish off the whole mixtape volume one, I think this is probably the least enjoyable song. Like it's not very catchy. It's really Look. um. We don't exactly have a, a killer crop of <laughs> No, no, we don't have a killer crop, but there's That's a few it. toe tappers here. Yeah, a couple of toe tappers. Like yeah, a toe but... tap with things like bad English even. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, as I said, you just that one's alright. And right. playing with the boys. All, that one's alright as long as you're just kind of um you're just listening to the lyrics and not really engaging with them at all. Yeah, <laughs> you don't don't need to get into what it's about. Yeah. Playing with the boys is another one. It's a toe tapper. Yeah, yeah. I don't want to see the film clip ever again. <laughs> but I'm, I can listen to the song and sort of it's it's um, catchy. Yeah. Whereas Restless Heart is just not catchy. In fact, Restless Heart is exactly what I think Running Man was in about eighty seven, wasn't it? Yeah. So we're kind of right. We're coming out of that period where you needed a hit song on a soundtrack. We were right in the you know we were right at the time when the world belonged to John Parr. The world never belonged to John Parr, I can tell you. But what I mean is it was 87 and maybe the shine was coming off that. You know, like coming off the whole we need a hit single. Mm. Um, and it that look, that reappeared in the 90s. You know, things like How Do I Live and I Don't Want to Miss a Thing and, you know, all that. They were huge from big movies. But that was late in the 90s. So it reappeared. But I just feel that Restless Heart's probably one of the worst Exponents of that trying desperately to get a hit single for a never, movie that never went away. That's that's always there. Yeah, it's always there, but it sort of do, it sort of went and ups and downs. Because oh, in the yeah, early eighties, it was huge. Yeah, yeah, but it was still. I mean, it's. I mean, fuck Rocky Four. <laughs> but all through that period, 
they had that that sort of stuff all through the early nineties, mid nineties, late nineties. You still had that sort of soundtrack shit. Maybe they just weren't successful in that period. I don't know about that. Depends what sort of. We have to look into it. Well, shit, mate. You got things like off the top of my head, early nineties. You got things like "I Will Always Love You" and um, Mm. songs like that. That sort of shit. They were constantly ripping those out. Bat dance. That probably oh, killed it. That, for a while. Oh, that—that's not even a song. <laughs> yeah, but look, that there was always efforts. To I guess there's always been a tie between film and music in an effort to sort of sell yeah. tickets. It died on a little, one hand. It died off a little bit once um, you didn't sell CDs anymore. Yeah, that's in the yeah. iTunes age. That's that's kind of dropped off. A little it was bit. Funny yeah. to see Suicide Squad bring it back a yeah. little bit. They sold a shitload of the soundtrack and and made an effort to kind of. Well, the interesting, sort of thing, like, I guess you're never going to be able to separate them because with a soundtrack album, you can sell some CDs yeah. um, on the back of a good movie. Yeah. Or you can, sometimes you've got a movie that's maybe tanking, but the soundtrack does well because yeah, it's got and that's good what music it was, on I mean, that's what it was always about. That's why it was all, all through that period. That's why I'm, I disagree with you that it ever went away. They were always trying to sell CDs off the back of a movie, and I think it only really dropped when you didn't sell CDs anymore. Maybe it was just that Pars 1 was a shit song. I think, yeah. <laughs> I think I've overanalyzed it, and I've just come down to the simple facts that it's cool. John Parr John should not have been let loose yeah. near this. And, and you know what? It's obvious that... Power was hired on the heat generators yeah. to Elmo's fire. Oh, but he's like, still yeah. singing about oh, heat. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, shit, get Power, he's hot right now. <laughs> and, and as soon as he whips this out, the, the, the producers have gone, God <laughs> oh, Almighty, well, what have we done I here? I guess we better put it out. And Artie's there going, what have you done? <laughs> Artie was probably suggesting lyrics. I reckon that's why it was. That was shit ass. <laughs> Artie's burst in and started rewriting again. Yeah. He had Arnold, veto like, power. Arnold, that's not the script. That's the soundtrack. Oh, <laughs> give me a look at that too. Like, you know. I'm involved in all facets of this production. <laughs> all right, that's our first ever Thrilling Podcast mixtape. That's volume one. Hopefully there'll be another volume soon enough. Well, um, I don't know. What? We won't the jury's hope. out. <laughs> the jury's out just yet. The verdict uh, is still, yeah. Get in contact with us. Send us an email at thrillme at ionet.net.au. Next episode is obviously our 100th, and we are going to cover the three um, major remake, horror remakes, Halloween, Friday the 13th, and A Nightmare on Elm Street. We're going to throw everything into the mix and give you three episodes over the week. Until then, take it easy, and we'll catch up with everyone later. Cheers. Find the podcast at Podomatic or on iTunes. Don't forget to rate and review. Like us on Facebook at Thrill Me Podcast Australia or contact us at Thrill Me, all one word, all lowercase, at iinet.net.au.